Sajito in India this evening um, probably had the same effect on your minds as it did on mine. It's a very telling image of Venerable Sajito's remarkably matter-of-fact and straightforward way, whereby things, oh, they want my head, okay, I'm not using it at the moment. <laughs> Let them have it. and to uh, quietly establish his mind in the refuges and uh, offer his head to be cut off. Uh, Ajahn Sajito is one who, let us remember, is a very highly developed person. He uh, is one who has conquered to have the uh, calmness, clarity, presence of mind, to be able to respond to a situation like that with uh, um, with wisdom and with, uh, with no aversion, but just doing what is appropriate and making himself ready to accept whatever going to happen to him. This, uh, one sees a complete surrender um, in this way. The result of it was that his life was spared, that it uh, that aroused compassion and uh, restraint in the, the people who were attacking them. And so, uh, so they lived, at least as far as we know. <laughs> Who knows what's happened since then? But the important point is that um, the uh, the heart which is ready to accept the way things are, and to be completely open to that, and to to welcome it is a heart that is is free and is at peace and is joyous. Like uh, Ajahn Sajito remarked, you know, it's rather nice not to have to carry so much luggage. It's rather like I remember Susan talking about after she had her head chewed by the bear, you can't really worry about your tax returns or athlete's foot so much if you had your head chewed by a a large bear. Somehow the (laughs) Little things in life don't seem quite so uh, trying and difficult and oppressive. One can celebrate just being able to uh, 
to exist, to move around freely. And so one is, is uh, grateful, glad just to be. The, um, in the daily readings that we've been having of the life of the Buddha, we reached the, uh, the point of the enlightenment. And uh, today we had that uh, description of the enlightenment in terms of the dependent origination, Paticca Samupada. And uh, as this is one of the most important themes within the Buddha's teaching, and has been something that uh, Ajahn Sumedho has stressed a lot uh, in teaching over the last few years. I thought I would, uh, dis- I thought I would speak on that this evening, and uh, I found this uh, this news from from India very uh, appropriate in that uh, it points to um, that exact. Uh, attitude of mind which is which is required to um, to free ourselves and which the the teaching of the Paticca Samupada is is directly pointing at because uh, what you have and what it's describing is really a, a, like an expansion on the second and third noble truths on the the cause of suffering what creates suffering? What is the origin of the problems in life? And how do you get beyond them? How do you transcend? What is the way out of suffering? And that uh, yeah, Ajahn Sajito just could see there was basically only one way that he could uh, um, deal with the situation, that was to not make a problem out of it. And so he didn't. And uh, so the result was peacefulness and contentment. The um, in uh, in the Buddha's teaching, you have uh, the uh, the stress is laid upon um, what is immediate and practical, what is tangible and tangibly important to us as individuals. <coughs> and so uh, the, the main questions in life, the most important questions, the religious questions, are, um, are dealt with in a very pragmatic way. The, um, the Buddha tried to stress that this, this movement from attachment and suffering to, uh, to bliss, to peacefulness, to awakening, so this is the crucial point, this is the turning point, the crux of, of all our lives. This is the most important fact of our life, this transition from ignorance to uh, awakening, from suffering to, uh, to happiness. This is what is most important in our life. And so he, he stressed this and made this the focal point. Now, um, Every uh, every religious teaching, every uh, every culture has its own ways of, oh, like transmitting the same kind of ideas, and and uh, a lot of religious teachings uh, kind of focus around these kind of themes. 
the two uh, two basic basic questions that uh, that we face in life that every human being is confronted with at some time or another that every every different uh, culture every different religion uh, every different system of thinking has has tried to answer the uh, the question of of uh, what am I doing here? How did I get here? How did this whole thing begin? Who am I? That kind of question. You know, how, the, how on earth did I end up here? And then, uh, if you can find an answer to that one, then you're still left with, well, what do I do now? What happens next? What am I, having got here, having been here, what do I do now? And so, say, in, in uh, Christianity, those kind of questions are uh, answered with say, the creation myth of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden and so forth. That's the, the sort of how, how we got here. You have a genealogy of, of humanity and a uh, cause of, of mankind's fall from grace and uh, the existence of, of sin and and uh, suffering in the world because of, of Adam and Eve, and, and uh, it's a cast in that kind of mold. And then you have as the um, the myth for uh, what you're supposed to do, that of uh, the the life of, of Christ, that uh, the crucifixion and resurrection, which is a, a symbolic way of talking about the um, the dying of the self, the sense of self, the limited personal consciousness being sacrificed, being crucified, being um, that dying away, and the transcendent mind arising, appearing, that the, the, the small self, the lower self is, is surrendered, is given up, it dies so that the, the truth, the, uh, the unconditioned mind uh, will, uh, will manifest, which is like the uh, immortality or, or the, the, the resurrection. So Im eternal life is uh, symbolized in that way. Well, in, in uh, Buddhism, that even though you do get uh, creation stories of one sort or another, that the the Buddha avoided that whole area of of uh, teaching. He avoided making a, a big uh, emphasis on those uh, on teaching in that kind of way through um, giving a, a, a story of the origin or the kind of the, the grand plan. Those kind of things are, are fairly absent in the Buddha's teaching. You have references to, say, uh, uh, the beginning of an eon. When an eon begins, when, the universe, when a universe comes into existence, then most beings are born in the high, uh, high Brahma heavens, in the Abhasara Brahma realm, and they, they feed on delight, they fly through the air, uh, and uh, enjoy themselves generally. And then, as the eon progresses, then they get more and more degenerate until they end up as human beings. <laughs> but uh, he also says, this has happened uh, oodles of times. This has been going on since, 
since uh, the year dot, there's universes come into existence, uh, expand and collapse. Then there's a, a long space, and then another universe comes into existence and expands and collapses. And, and this has just been happening since uh, uh, time immemorial. And he said that what, the ultimate beginning of things is something that it's impossible for us to even think about. So if you try and figure out what is the ultimate beginning of things, you'll either go crazy or your head will explode. It's one of the four imponderable things, that if you try and figure it out, you'll just go mad. So that he, he instead limited himself to, um, rather than how did, the, how did the entire universe and humanity and so forth come into existence, he limited it to the, uh, that which is most crucial. He says, well, how does, how does suffering come into existence? Because it's suffering that's the problem. The nature of the universe and the provenance of, uh, of uh, mind and matter and so forth, that's not the problem. The problem is that uh, we experience uh, imperfection, suffering, frustration, a feeling of, of wrongness alienation, discomfort in life. And that uh, you have in uh, Paticca Samupada in a, a clear description of how uh, suffering arises. Now, there's uh, a number of different schools of, of interpretation around uh, Paticca Samupada, which I should talk about a little bit, that uh, in the sort of classical uh, commentaries that you have on, on it, um, the, the pathway from the, from through what they call the twelve links, through ignorance, uh, conditioning, karmic formations, which condition consciousness, which conditions nama rupa, mind and body, or name and form, and nama rupa conditioning the six senses, six senses conditioning sense contact, and contact conditioning feeling, feeling conditioning desire or craving, uh, desire conditioning attachment, attachment conditioning becoming, and then becoming conditioning birth, birth conditioning old age, sickness, death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. Now, the, uh, the, some of the most common classical interpretation of that whole sequence of, of uh, factors that the Buddha described is that it's describing a, a span of, of three lifetimes, that uh, the ignorance and the karmic formations are descriptive of the events of a, the, the kind of karmic hangover of your previous lives. And then uh, the consciousness that he's talking about there is, a, is a, a little sort of rebirth consciousness, a little package of person, that, uh, personhood that, uh, that, is, uh, um, that takes birth in, uh, in a mother's womb, that, is, that gravitates into a mother's womb. And then the, um, uh, the rest of the, the cycle is talking about the... Um, the subsequent life, and then the um, uh, 
the whole thing is, is uh, drawn out over a long time span. The, uh, the other main interpretation that one comes across and what is, tends to be stressed in, in, uh, in the way that we practice or the, the way that we talk about it is to use that, uh, that process or that pattern in terms of a map of, of momentary experience. And you come across uh, various different teachers, particularly Ajahn Buddha Dasa, who says there's absolutely no way that Paticca Samuppada has anything to do with previous lives or future lives. This is absolute hogwash. This is just uh, the drivel of uh, deluded commentators who just needed to write something. <laughs> and he speaks in very strong terms, because that's the way he likes to speak. But um, you do, however, find in the scriptures, uh, and not just kind of tucked away in odd little corners, but right out in sort of main cardinal discourses, um, very clear references to, uh, to consciousness gravitating into a womb and uh, uh, evidence to suggest or, or that uh, the way that the Buddha talked about it quite um, seemingly quite deliberately uh, so that it does apply, it can apply over an entire lifespan or, or several lifespans. But like many things, the, the, um, the pattern that, uh, that you have in the, the Buddha's teaching can be applied at many different levels. And this is one of the most sort of mysterious and wonderful things, particularly of, of Paticca Samuppada, is that you can apply it at the psychological level, you can apply it um, as a, 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 sort of a, a historical level over several lifetimes, or you can just think of it as a, like an archetypal pattern that describes the, uh, uh, the nature of, of this kind of origination, how it emerges, how it arises. And it's a, the pattern fits at uh, different, different levels. And so one can use it, one can use that pattern as a kind of template for experience um, both on the microcosmic level and the macrocosmic as well. And this is something that you find in, uh, in many aspects of the, the Buddha's, uh, in Buddhism and Buddha, the Buddhist teachings, that uh, you can use uh, like events of the Buddha's life or characteristics of the Buddha. Both, uh, you can look at them in a historical way of like things that actually happened, like the Buddha uh, giving up his life as a prince and uh, leaving the palace, cutting his hair off and going off to become a, a wandering monk. Um, as the, the great renunciation. You can see that as a historical event. Uh, you can see it as, a, as an archetype, as a, as a mythological archetype of something that is you know, a pattern that has replayed itself um, you know, a million times over in different places around the world in different people's lives. And you can also see it as what happens in our minds when we let go of worldliness. That uh, the heart which aspires to Buddhahood, to enlightenment, uh, leaves all the alluring and uh, beloved comfortable things behind and says, I'm going. I leave this behind.
I'm going forth to, uh, to find truth. The heart which is ready to, to drop the familiar and the pleasant because of, of recognizing the limitation of the danger and the um, unsatisfactoriness tied up with worldliness. So one can use the pattern on a, as a historical to describe the, the history of actually what happened in the Buddha's life, or you can look at it as you know, that which occurs when, uh, when you stop grasping. So with, um, with regards to uh, thinking about Paticca Samuppada, then the, the way that, um, that uh, one finds it most useful on the practical level is to describe the, uh, the momentary experience in terms of meditation. This is why Buddhadasa stresses it in this way, because he, he makes a point very strongly that the Buddha was a practical teacher, and that uh, in order for this to be a practical, uh, a practical thing, that it has to apply to our, uh, our, momentary, our momentary life, our daily life what we can uh, experience and see, know, here and now. And uh, so that when we talk about um, the arising or the, the origin of, of suffering, we're making it, uh, we're making it very clear that um, when we feel uh, un uh, dissatisfied or, or uh, uncomfortable, pressurized, stressed, anxious, or whatever, then we can trace back that to uh, the whole string of, of causes and conditions. We can trace it back through attachment, through desire, through feeling back to ignorance. Now when we, when we use the word ignorance, what this means is not uh, a lack of knowledge about things, about worldly things, but what the word avicca, uh, ignorance, refers to uh, specifically is not seeing the Four Noble Truths, which is um, the opposite of right view. Uh, right view is defined as seeing the Four Noble Truths, and ignorance is, dis is dis uh, defined as not seeing the Four Noble Truths, not knowing, not seeing that. So that when we, uh, when we are, are using uh, the reflective mind, we can begin to recognize this whole pattern of, uh, of experience and the connectedness between the mind uh, losing its awareness, losing its sharpness, the mind drifting, and how quickly, how immediately that uh, we find that uh, that causes us to grasp hold of feeling, to take a hold of thoughts, perceptions, ideas, uh, all of the manifold uh, experiences of, of, our, of our daily life. Just the mind seizes hold 
and then uh, that attachment, the desire for, for the pleasant, the fear of the painful, that quickly escalates into to rebirth, being born into uh, an idea, a memory, a hope, a feeling, being launched into, uh, into that, that place, being born into it. And then uh, if we, we look with it, we then see that the result of, of investing our attention, investing our, our heart into an idea, a feeling, the result of that is, is despair, disappointment, self-criticism. And uh, on the psychological level, death, what we don't want, what we don't like. So that uh, when we are talking about, uh, about using this for practice, then you are, you're using it not only in, in understanding how suffering arises, that it comes from the mind drifting, from there being no mindfulness, but you're also using Paticca Samuppada very much in connection with its second half, which is the, it's called Paticca Niroda, which is often left out, and in particularly in the, in the, the three-life interpretation of it, the, uh, the Paticca Niroda half of, of the, uh, the pattern is, is kind of forgotten altogether. Now this is, uh, as I was reading out this morning, where the Buddha describes, well, when there is the complete ending and abandonment, complete ending of, of ignorance, when there's no ignorance, in the, the chanting, it's avijaya uh, toveva asesa viraga niroda. With the remainderless fading and cessation of ignorance, then the whole process uh, that, that causes suffering is wound up and is brought to a is brought to a halt and dries up. So that um, when uh, when there's no uh, lack of mindfulness, when the mind is alert and awake then we see suffering vanish instantaneously. As soon as we're mindful, we stop suffering. So that you can see this whole uh, process of, of the, the self and uh, the difficulty and struggle with life coming into existence and then the spark of awakening, of seeing that suffering, seeing that, uh, that sense of dukkha and with that seeing, then uh, abandonment, letting go of, of, uh, of what attachment there is, waking up. Transcending ignorance. And then as soon as there's no ignorance, then there's no suffering. Now, it doesn't mean to say that, uh, you know, the world vanishes or, or um, we as a person can disappear, but it means that uh, we see life completely clearly without any kind of um, biases, any kind of prejudice. And that when, uh, when there's ignorance, 
then uh, we see that the life is always confused and convoluted, complicated. But as soon as we, uh, as soon as we wake up, as soon as we, we recognize that the mind has drifted, and we, uh, we're mindful, we awaken, then life becomes completely simple, completely straightforward, clear, and, uh, and open. And there's uh, no, no sense of suffering. Now this is uh, the whole principle that uh, Paticca Samuppada is, is built around. It's like showing us the, the, uh, the, the cause of the, the pattern of the arising of suffering and the pattern of its disappearance. So that by getting to know the whole process whereby a difficulty is, is brought into being and whereby we can solve that, then it becomes a, a, an automatic response because uh, life is, a, is a, a very much an ongoing experience and like we were discussing today, just having seen the truth clearly one time, having seen vividly the pointlessness and the painfulness of attachment and uh, clearly seen the, the pure, empty, still, clear mind, having known that fully and completely with all one's heart and having no doubt that this is definitely it, this is the real thing, and there's absolutely no point, no interest whatsoever in attaching to any kind of, of uh, sense pleasure or thought or feeling or hope or being any place or getting anything or doing anything or achieving this, that or the other, all of that has lost its, its flavor and the mind is completely content just to be open, awake, uh, unattached and uh, alert. Well then we forget, we get, uh, we have to um, go off and do something or the telephone rings and the entire world comes back into existence again and there's the what you like, what you don't like. There's um, the whole array of uh, conflicting conditions and suddenly what was totally obvious and, and clear to you uh, has, has been lost, has become invisible and the mind is caught into wanting this, not wanting that and carried away again. So by bringing these patterns into the mind, the arising and the cessation of dukkha, how there is the origin of dukkha and how there is the cessation of it, really bringing these into the mind as the way of dealing with our experience of life, then we're, um, then we're more and more able to keep returning uh, and establishing the mind fully in the basis of that empty, clear knowing, seeing. That is clearly and repeatedly recognized as our home. This is our, our basis, our foundation. And um, the uh, The use of, of reflective thought, of thinking, is also a crucial in this. That it's like by, by uh, developing an understanding 
of, uh, of our life in this way and being able to apply thought in a systematic way to be able to consider, like in the, 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 the phrase the Buddha used, yoni so manasikara, to wisely reflect, to, to wisely consider, to put your mind onto what's happening. Think, well, I'm feeling this. I feel like this because I've been thinking about that. And, you know, I now feel um, sick and regretful because of having done that in the past. Or I now feel good and content because of having done this before. <coughs> having done something in this way, then the result is that. Having done something in that way, the result is this. To actually use thinking to analyze what's happening and to, to re- remind ourselves to con- continually bring into our, our consciousness what is the way to, uh, uh, what is the right way to go, what is the way to transcend, to, uh, to find the path towards uh, peacefulness and, and truth. Now it's it's also just I think to I thought to mention that um, the uh, the two of the two halves of the the Paticca Samuppada the the arising of dukkha and then the the second half the Niroda. Um, now Niroda is often is usually translated as cessation, and then when you read uh, the the uh, the translation of of the Paticca Samuppada, you get like with the cessation of consciousness, the cessation of mind and body, the cessation of of the six senses. And this, in normal English, reads pretty strangely. Like you mean you mean you're supposed to be totally unconscious, or you put your eyes and your your ears out, or you know what does this mean? You know what is the cessation of mind and body? Do you just kind of go numb, or, or uh, what's it talking about? What does it mean, cessation? Is it you waiting until the whole thing vanishes? How can that be talking about momentary experience? You know, if we're talking about uh, psychological states, rather than across a whole lifespan, what do we mean by the ending of the six senses, or the cessation of, of um, consciousness? How can this be... Um, tied up with transcendence and, and, and uh, real life. And what, do you, what, what you have, though, is that the, the word niroda actually comes uh, from a, a root which means to, to check or to control, like anuruddha, uh, one of the arahants. Anuruddha means one who is well-controlled or well-restrained. So it doesn't just mean a, a kind of a stopping or an annihilation or a, a vanishing of things as a, a restraint, as a, a checking, a holding. These things are not proliferating, they're not uh, overwhelming. They are, they are checked. Which gives a, a, a different and interesting slant on, on the... Uh, on the, the Paticca Samuppada. 
that you're not talking about about um, annihilation of consciousness or mind and body or whatever, but you're talking more about control or, or non-proliferation, that these things are, are being seen as they are, so that when, um, when ignorance is let go of, then there is the checking of uh, sankharas, of mental formations, the checking of consciousness, the checking of the nama rupa, mind and body, the six senses, that these things are all, all checked, they're kind of held, they are seen for what they are, they're not allowed to run away and proliferate. And uh, because of this, then the, uh, the sense of dukkha is also checked, it does not arise, it can get no momentum, it is, it is held, it has no power. Now there's a, uh, there's a great uh, many different themes for contemplation and consideration in, uh, in and around Paticca Samuppada and I could probably go on all night talking about the various different meanings and connections between the different uh, links and what they mean and, and how they all run together. Because it's a, it's a mysterious uh, and sometimes, sometimes seemingly illogical or, or strange uh, system of thinking. And uh, so it can require a lot, of, a lot of explanation. But basically the reason why one, one brings it up and, and why it's good to, to consider is that this is the, uh, the format that the Buddha described, you know, the, uh, the most essential aspect of his teaching with. Because the, what you have with Paticca Samuppada is that you're describing the journey from the second noble truth to the third. You're going from the uh, arising of suffering to the cessation of suffering. It's like, how do you get from, from the one to the other? How does it come into existence and how does it end? So this is like the pivotal point the Eightfold Path is the way in which um, that, that process is, is actualized, so that um, when one properly considers and uses the understanding of dependent origination, then it's like you, you, the mind is able to be, to be carried across with regards to action, speech, right view, uh, livelihood, all the different aspects of the Eightfold Path, these are, are the way in which we, um, we make the crossing from, from Dukkha to the ending of Dukkha. It's, it's describing that change, the, the way in which we, we actualize that, so that um, with regard to action, some action that we're taking, then uh, it's describing the way in which we establish right action, action without attachment, action without self, action which is, which is just uh, done with wisdom and mindfulness and will therefore 
lead to, uh, to fulfillment, to happiness. So, uh, anyway, there's, uh, there's a great deal that, that uh, can be said about uh, this whole uh, area. And it's, uh, it's a good area to contemplate, to look out for yourselves and to, to learn the different links that are, are there and to consider you know, how they relate with each other. What does this mean? And to, to see how it all fits together within your own experience because this is the very, the very crux of Buddhist life is described in this, uh, in this single area. The journey from, from uh, ignorance to uh, the ending of dukkha. And this is, this is the, the basis for our whole life as, as Buddhists. This is what all of us come here for. This is our, our gathering point is around this, this very issue, this, that particular journey, that transformation. So this is a very crucial area to contemplate and to, to understand. But it takes a lot of doing. It's not, uh, it's not very straightforward. There's a lot of layers of, of meaning and relationship in there. So we'll, over the next uh, few weeks, we'll probably have a plenty more time to uh, contemplate and to to uh, talk on this. So I'll I'll leave it there for this evening, and uh, offer that for you to to consider. <laughs>